This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Happy New Year. It's fantastic uh, to start the year with you uh, here and for us all to be together. Blow the cobwebs off as we face another year. Can I ask you, are you thriving or surviving? Thriving or surviving? Great, thriving. Because we can, as we turn over to a, a new year, can't we? Those of us maybe that are in sales or in business, we start another year with like zero target, don't we? Uh, oh, sorry, big target, zero results. And we have to accomplish this huge, you know, kind of five million pounds within sales or whatever you have to do. And we can start the year off and we can forget all about, you know, all the good things in life quite quickly as we get back into our routine. But do you have a good Christmas? Yes. Do you have a good new year? Did you enjoy? What kind of things did you all get up to? Eating, Eating yes. Because, I mean, Christmas and the festive season is, is not the same without certain things, is it? There's certain things that you've got to be doing as we look back and reflect on the time that we've all had together, maybe with friends and, and family together as we've celebrated Christmas. Uh, what are the things... That in your Christmas or no, your New Year, uh, help me out, shout out some things that you could do without over Christmas. That you, sorry, you can't do without. You can't go through Christmas without... Without what? Babies. Without Baileys. Okay. I thought he said babies for a minute then. But thank the Lord Joe said Baileys. Okay, anything else that we can't go through Christmas without? Crackers. Or oh, Chocolate. Chocolate, yes, can't go through Christmas. I mean, there's some people I know that can't go through one whole day without chocolate, let alone Christmas. Okay, anything else? Happiness. <sighs> yeah, happiness, okay. Anything else? Turkey, yeah. I'm looking for an answer, yeah. Help me out with my preach this morning. Sorry? Family, we can't do without family, yeah. Anything else? Jesus, yeah, great. Anything else? Okay, it's just me that cannot go through Christmas without watching a really good film. So some films that I know you've watched this year. What films did you watch? Some of you get into the Christmas. I saw some of you on Facebook. Can't go through without Christmas without watching Die Hard. I saw, can't go through Christmas without watching The Grinch. Can't through Christmas. Elf, yeah. Anything else? Home Alone. Can't go without that. Anything. But I love more than anything else watching movies with the family. And this year, Karis and me sat down and we watched a pile of musicals together. Bless your beautiful ride away. Oh, it was really good. We watched loads of movies together. But one of the movies I've always loved as a child is the movie called Jungle Book. You like Jungle Book? Will you join me? Oh, I'm a king of the... Okay, maybe not. We need somebody else to sing that for us. I can hear some of you going off key. I love Jungle Book. Ooby-doo, I want to be like you. I want to walk like you, talk like you. You see, I see we could go here all morning. Shall I keep preaching? I love the movie, but there's a scene in the movie, like every movie, it's got ups and downs. And there's a scene in the movie where Mowgli, the little boy cub, 
gets man cub even, but he was a boy cub at the time, wasn't he? Uh, he gets let down. <laughs> I'm being corrected from the congregation. Thanks, Joe. So the man cub called Mowgli. Now you've got the facts right. Let's see where his brain works. You can tell he's a tech. So a man cub has been left down by all his mates where somebody called Car springs up to kind of change everything. And he says that things might not be that bad if Mowgli would just trust in him. Do you remember it? Here's the scene. Let's take two minutes out of our Sunday morning to watch a little bit of Disney. Have a look at this. You. Yes, man cub. So nice to see you again. <laughs> oh, go away. Leave me alone. Let me look at you. You don't want me to look at you? Then you look at me. No, sir. I know what you're trying to do, cop. You do? Uh, I mean... You don't trust me. No. Then there's nothing I can do to help. You want to help me? Certainly. I can see to it that you never have to leave this jungle. How could you do that? Hmm? Oh, I have my own subtle little ways. <laughs> but first, you must... Trust me. I don't trust anyone anymore. I don't blame you. I'm not like those so-called fair-weather friends of yours. You can believe in me. Trust in me. Just in me. Shut your eyes trust in me. Hold still, please. You can sleep safe and sound, knowing I am around. Slip into silent slumber, sail on a silver mist, slowly and surely your senses will cease to resist. You're snoring. Sorry. Trust in me and just in me. Sorry to disturb the rest of your Sunday morning. You really want to watch the rest of it, and you, as we get the clarinet out and we start playing. But it's an interesting picture, is that scene of a snake or a, 
a serpent landing in front of someone innocent and declaring the words, trust in me. I have your best interests at heart. That uh, I won't let you down like your fair weather friends. Trust in me. And it's interesting, the response from Mowgli, who says, I trust no one. Do you know there's no such thing? If you trust no one, it means you trust yourself above anybody else. That's what that means. So you do trust. You just trust your own opinion. Nobody else is. So we all trust every single day. But as well as that, what I want to try and get us to think about at the beginning of 2019, as this morning we talk about trust. Can I ask, who are you going to trust? Because as well as that, I want to take you a place this morning, maybe through that song, where it's the declaration of God's heart towards you this morning. He is singing loud and clear this morning, trust in me. Close your eyes. Just trust in me. Before we turn to God's word together, do you think it'd be good for us to pray? The beginning of this year together as we look forward to 52 Sundays that we're going to enjoy here if God uh, is willing this year. Let's just pray and dedicate this year of our lives together as we gather for the first time here at ABC. Let's commit the year and our lives to the Lord afresh, shall we? Father God, we thank you for your faithfulness towards us last year. Lord, as we turn over a leaf in the chapter of the life of our journey together as a community of believers here, Lord, we ask that 2019 would be a year that we trust in you implicitly, that we trust in you wholeheartedly, that we trust in you with all of our strength and might that whatever comes our way this year good news bad news want plenty rich poor sickness health whatever comes our way oh god will you help us afresh this year to simply trust in you for all that we need i ask in jesus name amen well it's voti 19 hashtag v-o-t-y one nine Voti 19, verse of the year 2019. And the verse that the Lord has laid on my heart for us as a church this year that I would like you, as we do every year, to commit to learn. And we'll maybe have a little test by the end of the month. Because by the end of the month, I can tell you that all the little children that attend junior and toddler church, they're going to know this verse off by heart by the end of the year. So the challenge is for you to join me. And this is easy. It's as easy as one, two, three, four, five, six. You see, the Christian life is all about number one, God, and number two, me being together, isn't it? And for your life, number one, God, number two, you, you come second. You all know that. Put God first, acknowledge him in all your ways. And he will direct our paths. So if God is number one and I am number two, can you learn Proverbs with me? Three. Proverbs three. Sorry, Proverbs, sorry, four, verses five and six. I messed that up massively. One, two, three, four, five, six. So it's Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. Those of you know it already. Will you follow me as we say it together? Trust 
in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make straight your paths. In fact, I love the King James Version that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your paths straight. Trust. Trust is such an important part of our lives, isn't it? Trust, first of all, is illogical. What is it? It's illogical. You see, it's in our very nature to be untrusting as people, isn't it? I remember I've worked with different people uh, over time and over life. And I remember uh, once about six years ago when I started with a particular individual. And uh, I was starting quite closely my working relationship with her. And I sat down and said, tell me about yourself. That was my opening kind of conversation. We were beginning to work very, very closely together in 2010. And I sat down with her in February. And I said, look, so tell me about yourself because I want to know what you think, how your brain works, so that we can get the best out of each other. And then I'll tell you how I work. Would that be okay? And she said, I'm not sure. And I said, why is that? She says, because I trust no one. I said, okay, it was a frosty start. I thought I'm not doing too well here. What do you mean you trust no one? Or oh, I trust absolutely. You see, trust needs to be earned. I said, all right, okay. Trust needs to be earned. Yes. So over the next couple of months, I'm going to watch you with my suspicious BDI. And if you do everything that's required and you fill the kind of the, the schemes and everything, all this kind of stuff that was in her head, uh, she didn't kind of elaborate any further than that. We'll see if we're going to get along. But if I don't trust you, I cannot work with you. I said, okay, <laughs> great. And I said, so let me tell you how I work. You see, I trust you implicitly right now. You see, we hear it talked about positivity sometimes, that we're a cup half empty or a cup half full. But we do this with trust. Some of us start with a trust cup that's empty. It has no trust at all. Because we can be like that individual that I'm mentioning to you that starts with an empty cup that trust needs to be built up. Far better to start life in a less cynical way and have a full cup of trust. A full cup of trust that we trust each other implicitly, that we respond to other wholeheartedly. And then if trust is lost or promises are broken and that we maybe take a little bit out of the trust cup. And with some people, and there are people in life that you cannot trust at all. Do you know that? You cannot trust some people at all because of the way that they have decided to live life. If they're not God-honoring, if they're very cynical, if they're, you know, all of those kind of things, we call those people demonic sometimes. That's a kind of huge phrase that we use to describe them because they are only serving themselves or serving the enemy. And it's rightly so that we do not associate ourselves, as the Bible teaches, with people like that. But you're not like that and I'm not like that, are we? You see, trust is illogical. 
It's illogical that we as Christians should have this full cup. The full cup that's running over, that spills out into the lives of others, that results in a full life. That's what Jesus had. He had his cup full and running over. People would come with criticism and he would, you know, he would start with everybody with full trust. Look at the woman at the mill. She comes to him. It's illogical that a Sumerian woman would associate herself with Jesus, but he's a full cup guy. And he comes along and he has a conversation with her, so much so that he then in the end talks about this cup and talks about living water that can be in our cup and introduces the woman of Samaria to the water that if she drinks of it, she will never ever thirst again. It's illogical to trust. And that's what people tell me about when they come to this church and when they meet you. They tell me that you're so kind and you're so loving and that you don't judge and that you as full cup people trust people implicitly until they show you or prove to you otherwise. And yet, with that illogical trust that God fills our cup with the living water, very much in our own lives, when we should have the same attitude towards God and his plans and purposes and trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean on our own understanding, how come that the cup that we've got called God, some of us just empty a bit of it. And we say, well, okay, I can trust God for, I can trust God maybe for my future and my career, but it's empty because I can't trust God with my children or maybe my marriage or uh, maybe uh, my finances. And, you know, can I trust that God can find me a, a wife and a partner in life that will fulfill? No. Can I, can I trust God that this year for all the stuff that's going on, if I just lean on him with full understanding, that the God can just give me a vision to see things like he does? And every day, we empty a little bit of our trust cup with God. It's illogical. You see, Hebrews teaches us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence not seen. Karis, can you do me a favor and give me a jug of water for me to finish my message in a moment? It's illogical. You see, he goes on to say in the scripture, does the writer, he says, for they that come to him must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. At the beginning of 2019, as we uh, turn to God's word in the verse of the year, and as we commit our lives to learn this this year and to live it this year, I want to share two things with you at the beginning of this year. There's two occasions that we're going to be together if, God's, if God is uh, going to grant us that, that time together, God willing. First of all, I want to talk about the first part of this verse, how we believe. 
And then the second time that we're going to take care of her, we're going to look at the second part of this, how we behave. You see, this scripture, if you look at it carefully, the trust in the Lord with all your bit. All your is in this verse twice. Can you see it there? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Will somebody tell me how much all your is? How much is all your heart? Like, is it just for finances? Is it just for relationships? If we're going to trust the Lord with all our heart, what should our cup trust with God be? Full. Good. I'm glad you said that. So not only should our belief system, thanks guys, oh look at that, how posh, not, should, not only should our trust system in terms of our belief that we trust in the Lord with all our heart and not lean on your own understanding, what we believe, we also need to, and we look at this next time when we're together, it needs to translate not just our belief but our behavior that we actually live out what it is we believe. And that's easier said than done. You see, before I dive into scripture here and share with you something else, because first of all, trusting in God is illogical. What is it? Illogical. You see, Erwin McManus says that what we need to work on as Christians more than anything else is sometimes not what we believe, but what we actually care about. And when, he read, when I read that in his book, I'm thinking, what does he actually mean? And he went on to explain this. And let me give you a powerful illustration on this. There was a guy in town years and years and years ago called John Harris and used to run the Ironmongers. In fact, in true Welsh way, he was called Harris the Ironmonger because we're very creative like that in Wales. And John Harris had smoked for over 40 years. How many years had he smoked? He came in on one particular day and he announced to me, Philip Bach, he said to me, true Welsh way, he said, little Phil, I've given up smoking. And I said, you what? He said, yeah, I've given up smoking. I said, well, I thought you've tried to quit several times to do that. And he said, yes, he says, but something's happened to me. And I said, what's happened to you? I went to see the doctor. He said, yeah. He says, John, your lungs are shot to pieces. If you do not quit smoking in six months, you're going to be dead. Philip Ach, he said to me, I kid you not, it hit me like a train. Like I know this stuff, but it didn't actually occur to me that my behavior was actually affecting my life. You see, what had happened it had moved from not just a belief that he had cognitively, that it was thinking. It had now moved from his head to his heart. He suddenly, emotionally, and with all of his being, he suddenly believed. Head knowledge becoming heart knowledge. And that's the illogical walk for us as Christians. Head knowledge gets put aside. We get rid of stinking thinking, the way the world thinks, the way that car thinks. Trust. 
left in me. We need to get rid of that stinking thinking. Or We need to get rid of all of that stinking thinking and as Romans uh, teaches us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind to God's way. So first of all, it's illogical in terms of our belief. But secondly, it's very practical. Not only is it illogical, it's very, say it after me again, practical. <sighs> you see, we're not good at practical, are we? I mean, because so, let's talk about a belief system right now in January, shall we? Let's talk a belief system called calorie inputs and outputs. <laughs> now we all know this, it's logical, isn't it? It's logical. Now I know our genetics are slightly different and I know that some of us can eat whatever we want. Yes, and you're probably in your teens right now when you just chuck it all in and it doesn't matter. I'll see you when you're 50. Yeah, you, you know, and I know some of us are born with genetics and my mother always says to me, oh, I see you've got your father's genes and I'm thinking, no, I haven't. I kind of look after myself like my father. You know, I have breakfast like a dinner like a and supper like a there we are. I'm glad you learned that. You see, we live life easily and we all know this. We know if we put in more calories than we burn, we will put on weight. And we know if we burn more calories than we put in, we know we will. Like, how come all of you know this? And yet you all say at the beginning of the year, including me, as I jumped on the scale, I put on two pounds over Christmas. I'm going, whoa, how did I put on two pounds so quickly in just like 10 days? Where did that come from? I told you, I'll tell you where it come from. I filled my face. That's where it came from over Christmas. So we all know this. But I need to take practical steps if I want to lose weight. Agreed? Yeah. And you know what? The law of the world is governed. Our universe is governed by several different laws. And it's governed by spiritual laws as well. And the spiritual laws are very practical. That we trust in the Lord with all our heart. Don't lean on our understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. Isn't this so simple? It's so simple that we all make cross-stitch stuff and shove it on the wall. We make poetry out of it and put it in our Bibles. We write it on cards and give it to people when they're dedicated. Yet so many of us find it so infernally difficult to live this out in our lives. Or is it just me? And it's practical. And it's a practical way that we've got to apply ourselves. I remember when I became a morning person. And what I mean by became a morning person, because I used to be one of these people that did devotions in the night. I did devotions in the night because it was the, the time that I could kind of fit it in because of my schedule, etc. Until I read Psalm 5, verse 3. This is years and years ago. And the Holy Spirit challenged me with this, with this verse. The Holy Spirit is great, isn't he? But I 
do dislike him sometimes when he comes along and convicts you. That you need to get rid of your stinking thinking. And I just wish, Lord, Holy Spirit, will you just come as the comforter? And will you just be all nice and fluffy? But don't convict me of all the things I need to change in my attitude. Can you do that? Can you just bring cakes and donuts and everything? Holy Spirit, don't bring kind of cabbage and greens. And, isn't that what we do in life? And I read Psalm 5, verse 3. I committed it to memory. I felt so challenged by it all. And Psalm 5, verse 3, the psalmist writes this verse. That I tell you what has become a compass in my life ever since. And my spiritual growth has just been transformed since this verse spoke to my life years and years ago. In the morning, says the psalmist, I lay my requests before you and wait in humble expectation. And the thing that threw me about the verse the most was in the morning... I lay my requests before you. In the morning, I come with all the issues that are about finances, all the issues that are about relationships, all the issues that are kind of troubling me in my mind. I cast my cares on him because he cares for me. In the morning, I lay my requests before you. And wait. <laughs> wait with expectation. But instead, you see, excuse me. I would start my cup that way in the morning. My cup would be empty. It would be empty in the morning. It'd be empty lunchtime. It'd be empty tea time and then I'm being brutally honest with you only if I had time at the end of the day and I would flip my bible open blow the dust off of it sometimes because it had been there three four days I would open my bible up and and then turn to the scripture and then I'd kind of maybe just do a bit of that and then go to bed how can I wait in humble expectation if that's what I bring and it's practical. And can I remind you what we teach you as a church? Guys, can we do 15 minutes a day? I think that's the least that we can give God. Can we find a quiet place? Can we find somewhere that we dedicate our time to him? Don't listen to Jesus in the car. <laughs> you know, Someone told me they're doing the Bible in one year. Fantastic. Yeah, it's great. It's on podcast and, and it's get fed because I can listen to it in the car on the way to work. I mean, that's great. It's a great step. But how much better that we could maybe get up a bed 15 minutes earlier. Just dedicate that time to God. It's practical, guys. And I want to come and share with you something at the beginning of the year that will be transformative in our lives if we do it. Because trust is illogical. Trust, trust is practical. But in closing, trust is something that's psychological. You see, trust has changed over time. You see, if I go back three, four hundred years, we all used to live in villages or in a city or whatever, and trust was something that was reputational at that time. You see, what would happen is I'd be part of Clan Morgan, and Andrea would here would be part of Clan Parry, 
and our various clans would have reputations. In fact, we would maybe have the clan Morgan had a reputation. We were farmers. That's what our family did. That's what my father was told. Can you believe it? My father always wanted to be an electrician. David James Morgan wanted to be an electrician. And he taught me, believe it or not, all the electrics that I know today because he made it his point to know. He taught himself mechanics and carpentry and plumbing and everything. Caris, I fixed the underflow heating in the house yesterday because of what Dad taught me Amen. about electrical circuitry. Saved me 80 pounds call out yesterday to get our house heating back on because something I learned from my father. And yet my grandfather, Thomas Morgan, told my father, David James Morgan, that he shouldn't have ideas above his station. Fermwyrini a fermwyrfyddwni, which is farmers we are and farmers we will be. So ingrained was this that you were a baker because your father was a baker. You'd be a, I don't know, whatever you would be, but thank God we're living in a different world right now that we can use our gifts in an individual way to be teachers and to be police officers or whatever calls us to be. But trust has changed. I mean, how many of you bought something off eBay? Off a complete random stranger? Hands in the air like you just don't care. Like, why would you part with money to a complete stranger? Only, like, how many of you stayed in an Airbnb? Hands up. How, like, how do you do that? How do you go and stay in an Airbnb? And, like, jump on a plane, go to a foreign country and stay in some... Because we deliver trust in a different way now. The reputation is now personal. It's no longer with institutions. We used to trust banks, didn't we? We used to trust political parties, didn't we? We used to trust car manufacturers. Yeah, that Volkswagen putting that catalytic converter in was genuinely the right thing for our car. We used to trust all these institutions, but we trust no one anymore. That's what we become as a society. It's now ingrained in our psychology that we trust no one. I'm just being real here. On TripAdvisor, I know you do it. You don't go to that restaurant until you look at all the reviews. That's what you do. You say, oh, that's a crazy review. That's a, they're too gushing. Couldn't have been right. You go to the middle of the road reviews. You go to the crazy review with the mad person in there that says, you know, they delivered me my oysters and it was 30 seconds late. Oh, get a life, for goodness sake. You know, so you go and you read the reviews and you get the middle review, don't you? And if there's enough people that are giving it three to four stars, then that's good enough for you. Is that right? Am I being honest here? We don't give God stars, church. We don't give God a TripAdvisor review because he is the fount of living water. He'll never let us down. And we have to change our psychological thinking so that when it comes to our friends and our families, we get rid of our stinking thinking and our psychology around it. It's illogical. It's very, very practical. But every day, in every way, we're going to come and we say, Lord, here's my cup. I'm going to fill it up. This is my belief system. I believe because I know there's a God that loves me and has a plan for my life. Lord, will you give me a vision for 2019 to see things like you do? I'm showing you how he sees things. He sees you right now as a cup. And the message to you is the same as the woman of Samaria, which is, come to me. Will you come to me? I will give you water that if you drink of me, you will never thirst again.
and what he is going to do is if you're ready are you ready for how he works you see if we come to him and we put our trust in him he will fill it up until it This is what he wants to do with your life. He wants to fill you up till you are overflowing. The cleaning team right now are going, oh my word, we've got to mop all of that up. I'll mop up. But do you get it? He wants to fill us. Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? He just doesn't want to give you a sprinkle. <laughs> He don't want to sprinkle you. He say, "Will you trust in me?" At the beginning of this year, he say, "Will you come to me? Will you come to me with your life every morning? In practical ways, will you get into my word? And will you bring to me all that you have?" You know, this is so psychological that it covers such subjects as anxiety and worry which is consuming our world today. See Philippians teaches us be anxious for nothing. But with prayer and thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will be yours. Don't peace this year. Come to the fountain. Do you want vision to see things like he does today? Then simply join me this year afresh. Dedicate our lives afresh and pray with me the words that are on screen. Come on, let's say it together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. God bless you. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.